Welcome to RV Out West. I'm your host, Brooks. My family of four's base camp is located in the beautiful Pacific Northwest, and our RV adventures radiate from there. I'm relatively new to RVing, and a few years ago, I convinced my wife that for an anniversary present, we should buy a used tent trailer from some friends of ours. Ever since then, we have fallen head over heels for the RV life, and we now find ourselves towing a 26-foot Jayco travel trailer. So grab yourself a mug of coffee and join us as we discuss RVing around the West. From sweet camping spots, gear and equipment, to tips and tricks, we've got you covered. We are RV Out West. The history of washer pitching is cloaked in mystery. This is a characteristic of the game that survives even to this day. Sometimes this game is referred to as washers, washer board, washer toss, and washer pitch. Or it may even be simply called washers. Rumors abound on the origin of washers. One theory says the game dates back to the days of the pioneers when cowboys would take the wheels off their covered wagons and pitch washers or whatever was handy into the hub of the wheel for entertainment. If none of this makes sense to you, welcome to the world of washers. The lazy day lawn game, often derided as a poor man's horseshoes, owns the unique distinction of crossing cultural and economic divides. Hippies, rednecks, yuppies, soccer moms are all players of this great American game. Today, we are interviewing the man who brought this game to my community here in North Everett, Kevin Sylvester. He is the commissioner of the Northwest Neighborhood Washerboard League, and also joining us today is Bobby Thompson, league vice president. Thank you both for coming on RV Out West today to discuss this great game and one of my favorites to be played while at the campground. Do you have any idea where this game originated from? I mean, wasn't it your backyard, Kevin? I mean, really, yeah, I isn't mean, that where it all originated? I think it just started on Rucker Avenue 100%. No, in all seriousness, I mean, I, it, I came across the game. Thankfully, uh, my brother brought it home from a beautiful place we know as Sunland in eastern Washington. As he was, uh, he was over there with some buddies after a dead show. And Sunland is right below the gorge. And he played this amazing game and brought a set home with him. So someone sent him home with a set. This is probably 20, 20 years ago now. I was mystified when he brought it home. I couldn't believe what an amazing game it was. And it was a little bit different, the version that we know, that we've come to know and love here. We've had to modify a little bit, but I was blown away. So, uh, so you're the troublemaker. Yeah, absolutely. I take 100% responsibility for bringing the addiction to Northwest Everett. So then kind of, if you can, just briefly describe the game. Um, the goal is to get 21 points, plain and simple. So there's three holes. The, the hole uh, closest to you is worth one point. The middle hole is three and the further hole is five. Uh, and, you know, there's all sorts of hijinks built into the rule set to make sure that the game stays active for as long as it can for all the competitors to have a chance. Um, it's quite simple. Put the washer in the hole. There's a deep history of this game in the Midwest. It, it's the, everything I've found leads it back to Minnesota. It all uh, is sort of different flavors of the same thing. We think we've optimized it. I will tell you that. Yeah, we I've think seen different variations perfect. where it's just a single box with one hole. They're still always spaced 10 feet apart. They do play with a smaller washer. I've seen one where the holes are equidistant from the front of the board to the back of the board, so they're equally spaced. Whereas in the Northwest League, it's not. Like that, that one hole is... 18 inches, a foot and a half from the front of the board. And then they're equally spaced through the balance of the board. We wanted to make a platform to stand on at the front of the board so that you, 
you know, everyone has to stand on the on the on the platform. And again, you know, we overthought the rules intentionally. We we made the rules especially creative so that we could, you know, create passion and followers in the in the neighborhood. And uh, what was the most ridiculous rule we threw together for the inaugural league, BT? Oh, I think the. Uh... I think the two that kind of stick to me is that you had to have a beverage in your hand at all times. Not that that's that ridiculous, but basically um, your shot didn't count if you didn't have a beverage in your hand. Um, and then probably more gameplay wise, um, I think the uh, the top of the board rule um, is one that uh, has created much controversy over the years. This is a rule, Brooks, that we that we created because of Bobby Thompson here in particular. What are that. the? Uh, yeah, I'm look. I have actually in my hand here. Yeah, I have the the washer rules. So I, I'm just reading through because I don't know if I read about the top of the board. I read the basically the no sandbagging rule, the breaking twenty one penalty for no sandbagging, essentially, which uh -huh. is genius in and of itself. Because you're uh -huh. right, if you're already sitting there at twenty one and you got two washers left to pitch, you might as well just sandbag and be like Captain Limprist with it and just kind of toss it and be done with it. Um, mm -hmm. so, the thing about washers that's so beautiful is that it is fun and it's recreational and no one really takes it seriously until they take it seriously and it gets really competitive and and you know I, I have certain friends that have competitive natures about them and I won't name names here but we all get there every now and again and what what uh, the so you have to land on 21 points exactly in the game of washers if you go over 21 then you go back to 13 um, similar to, you know, booties or 21 for those old hoopers. Uh, and, and what we were finding was that if you landed on 21 and you had washers left over, that you would just dump them and throw them on the ground and be done with it. And that just felt a little too disingenuous because the other rule is that if you have extra washers when you hit 21, you have to hand them to the team behind you so they have an opportunity to catch up. And uh, I won't name names, but um, pe certain people started just throwing their washers on the ground so they wouldn't have any left over and they had the ultimate confidence stroke and we hit 21. So the way we counteracted that was we said that, okay, if you hit 21 and you have extra washers, uh, you can't toss them on the ground. They have to hit the top of the board. So you have to at least make a pseudo attempt. And there has been so many examples of where someone's hit 21 and all they have to do is throw their washer in some random angle to hit the top of the board. Like and the very top in. on the other side of the five or it just, just hit the board? Just have to Anyway, it just has to hit the board. It's got to hit the board. It has to hit the board. Got it. And it's, it's, it, it has played out so many, so many times to where that, that requirement has caused them to go over 21, which then brings the underdog back into it because they go back to 13. The winner goes back to 13. And, I'm not explaining it so well, you know, verbally, but but the dynamic of some of those um, rule changes, which is the fun part, is how do you keep it more, from my perspective, how do you keep it more uh, entertaining and allow the underdog a better shot to jump in? I mean, I have the mission statement right here of the uh, Northwest Neighborhood Washerboard League on the rules, and I appreciate this mission statement. The mission of the Northwest Neighborhood Washerboard League is to inspire, lift spirits, and provide tools for the healthy competition amongst friends. We will enjoy a fun and inviting environment to learn and challenge each other, and we will give our best efforts in the tossing of washers, annoying heckling, and friendly insults.
I mean, how many drinks did we have drafting that mission statement beauty right there? That was that's that's a masterpiece. Is what they it's beauty. It's zero. It was pure, purely from the heart. Well, so on that note, then I want each of you to kindly share what is your individual greatest sporting highlight that happened during a game. Oh wow! So so many good ones. I know. Wait, got wow. I don't know. I I mean, I think for me. Um, I mean, we've all had some great moments, man. I mean, I think that I think my thing is I always like to do something stupid and it's probably pretty arrogant or cocky when you're playing. And I get into I get into heavy gamesmanship mode that's maybe considered jerky at times. Uh, but but the but the uh, I, yeah, it doesn't align with the mission statement sometimes uh, the um, <laughs> so basically. The one that uh, I did one time in Kevin's backyard, I may have been playing Kev, was he has those lights that go across his yard um, that hang. And I said, how about how about we end the game this way, Kev? And I and I threw that I threw the washer in the air. It was probably like 10 feet in the air, threw it over the lights and it went in the five spot for the W. And and I just and I just. <laughs> It, it was, oh, it was, dude. Oh, it was complete nice. Yahtzee. Complete Yahtzee. There's, there's something about Kevin's backyard. There's I some mean, magic my, back there. There's my greatest sporting his event there, I, I was at 20, and I needed 21. I'm on my last washer, and with total moxie and swagger, I kissed my washer and tossed it and just uh-huh. dead smack right in the middle of the one hole for the W, man. Well, it, Welcome to the NWNWL is all I have to say. That's it. What do you think or why do you think uh, Washers is a better game than, than Cornhole? I personally am mm. not a huge fan of Cornhole, personally. Yeah, me so neither. That's... So it's only 10 feet apart. Each board is spaced 10 feet apart. You can obviously reduce that for kids, et cetera. There's more action and more play on the Washers, if you were to ask me, when compared to Cornhole. We've also constructed the, the rules in a way that um, – and, and the scoring in a way that creates the most – um, opportunity for the underdog. So there's all sorts of little tricks we put in there to make sure that basically the game can flip, can any flip moment. At, at, at any moment. Yep. And it does every single time. I mean, how many times, Bobby, have we played together and the entire, you know, group, the backyard or whatever, just is screaming at the top of the lungs because they couldn't believe what just happened. We've had games where you played a 21. You, there's been several times where the score is 19, zero, 20 to zero. And the person who has zero comes back and wins that game. I mean, and, it, and so, and I think the thing with cornhole, I mean, I've played a lot of cornhole as well. And I don't know that I've ever played a game that to me is more anticlimactic. <laughs> it just, I, you know, even if it's a close game or it's a blowout, like it just kind of, it just kind of happens and it's over. Um, like Kevin said, I mean, just the, the drama that comes with the up and down nature of a washers game. I can't, I can't even begin to count the amount of times that we all started running around someone's backyard when someone hit a miracle shot or hit a three, hit a three stack in a row and just, we're all losing our minds. And so, um, so I, I, yeah, I, it just, it brings that, it brings that element to it, which is fun. Well, with washers also the way, you know, the board's laid out, you have a one, three and a five. The one is not easy to hit because you have to throw short. And oftentimes when you try to throw short, you really throw short. The five is not easy to hit because you have to hit long. So the sweet spot sort of in that middle three spot and with turf on top of the board and the action of the washers, there's so much play that goes on. What is, what does a perfect game look like? Like 
And then to follow up to that, you know, has anyone in the, the Northwest Neighborhood Washerboard League ever pitched a perfect game? We've, we've ended before in two rounds. It has happened. So yeah. and it doesn't, and I don't know that it's ever been like, uh, you know, 5-5-5 five, five, five the first round, then a 3-3 three, three or a 5-1. Um, but it's been pretty close and to where like the game has lasted about 45 seconds. It's happened a couple times. I got to ask you, you guys have a website for the league, I believe. NWNWL.blogspot.com. That's what I'm talking about, dude. I mean, the league even has a league of its, its own. It's a bit of an archive, right? I mean, we put a lot of mental energy into this 10 years ago. This is actually the 10-year inaugural anniversary season of the, of the, uh, of the league format. Oh, really? Yeah. So we're going to do something. Well, right now, what I'm going to do to start off the 10 year anniversary is I'm going to take a screenshot of our podcast right now talking about the NWNWL and I'm going, and I'm going to post that and I'm going to post that on the uh, NWNWL website. So we have the website and are the rules, the rules are there on the website as are, I believe you have the PDF download of the Minnesota washerboard designs. If anybody wanted to be league appropriate to, to get that. Um, so they Indeed. Had- I mean, it's an open source game. You know, people have shared their 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 version of it and we've done the same. And, you know, I will stand behind the fact that we have the best version. So not relating to the game of washers, I do want to ask because it's becoming one of my things. Uh, each of you, please tell me what's your favorite national park and why? Mm. Go for it, Kev. Arches. I'd say Arches blew my mind. Lived in Utah for four years and realized that I never experienced uh, anything like it. Visually, you know, spiritually, unbelievable spot. I'd, pro- I'd probably go. I'd probably go with the uh, with the volcano national park on the Big Island in Hawaii. Um, that, that was a pretty surreal experience. The time I was able to do that and be able to walk across a lava field and and look under your feet. And see lava flowing underneath That'd you in the cracks. <laughs> not 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 entirely safe, uh, but uh, pretty yeah, pretty phenomenal experience. All right, fellas. Well, thank you so much again for your time. You guys have a wonderful evening, and I will talk to you guys later. Cheers, you guys. Thank you. Appreciate it, brother. It's time for our pit stop today. My son and I will be discussing the single greatest tactical water gun a water weenie. It was not unusual to see water shoot 30 to 40 foot distances from this classic 80s water gun. Before the invention of the super soaker, the water weenie dominated. When carried wrapped around your neck, there was always a distinct possibility that they would burst and completely soak oneself in the heat of battle. The risk often outweighed the benefits. So I'd like to introduce my son Wesley. Hi! Wesley's joining me today because we are now going to be talking about... Water weenies! They're an upgrade version of water guns! So Wesley, first off, can you tell me a little bit about what is a water weenie? Describe what it is for our listeners. So it is this long tube that has this cap on it with some of those zip ties and you put them together i don't know the instructions because i'm just a nine-year-old kid and then you fill it up with a water you need type of faucet 
you make sure you hold it. It can pop very easily. So um, make sure that you're very gentle with it. But then you can ambush your friends with water. Yeah, so essentially what a water weenie is, is it's a stretch of some surgical tubing. In my day, we used uh, the classic banker's pens that you would get anytime you went to the bank. And they would be those pens that you could just screw, unscrew in half. And so we'd use the front half of the plastic part of the pen to be basically the nozzle that you would insert in the other end of the surgical tubing. Um, but banker's pens don't really exist anymore. So I had to go to Lowe's and running around finding things. I ended up using plastic parts that are used for uh, water irrigation for gardens and those. So I use that. Then on the other end of the surgical tubing, tie a knot. And I use some zip ties just to reinforce so that knot doesn't un come undone. And then you got to go get brass hose attachments so you can screw it into a hose and then jam the the nozzle of the water weenie into that to fill them. How far, Wesley, would you say that a water weenie shoots when you unleash the beast? <laughs> so I'd say it would probably, it, it doesn't go that far, but it, I'd say from my calculation, it would go four inches away. Four inches? No way. It goes farther than four inches. Yeah, it, probably six it, or five. I think it goes closer to four to six feet. Yeah. They are a great way. When we did it, uh, we go on a the camping trip with a lot of our uh, family friends. Um, one of the things we did back in the day was we used making water weenies as a campground craft for all the kids. So we used it as a campground craft. And so we had all the kids come to our campsite and then we uh, sat at the picnic table and we made a bunch of the pieces of the puzzle or the water weenie, got it all together. And then the kids took off and had one of the most epic, massive water fights to date. How many people were involved in that water fight, do you think? So you'd usually say, so we have a bunch of friends. And all those kids, they would get their own water weenie. I remember the parents had some had IQ and they just built a long tubed one. And one of me and Ethan mm -hmm. took the tube that you guys built and then we were spraying it over to people. We were spraying people. But then like again, I told you it it blew up yeah well that yeah that, that's what sometimes happens with water weenies is that uh that surgical tubing can erupt and so it can uh douse one's self in water it's one of the yeah well i kind of just when it exploded i kind of got wet you kind of got soaking wet yeah <laughs> and then the other person ethan caught kind of hurt it was he didn't get hurt he just got yeah. he just got soaking wet and whatever what's wet i like to be wet yeah totally yeah well i just want to say thank you so much wesley for taking the time to talk with me here on rv out west uh and so if you've never heard of a water weenie i recommend you incorporate some surgical tubing and some rain nozzle pieces for an irrigation system and build your own filler. 
and take those with you to the campground, especially if you have a pedestal. You can split with a Y adapter and use that as a filling station for water weenies so you can have a great time having a water fight. And water weenies take up less space, and they're inexpensive to make, and they are fun. Thanks again, Wesley, for joining. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. Our next episode in two weeks, we will be interviewing a friend of mine, Janelle, who has spent a lot of time RV camping and exploring down around Mount St. Helens. As a child, I have vivid memories of when Mount St. Helens blew her top. This episode drops the day before the 41st anniversary of the eruption. Janelle is going to share with us about her favorite places to RV camp and what are some cool places to explore down in the area. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review of the show. I sure would appreciate it. On that note, get out there, go explore, and see what's beyond the horizon. Thanks so much for listening to RV Out West. Join us again in two weeks with our next episode. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or wherever you choose to get your podcast so you never miss an episode. And I sure would appreciate if you left a rating or a review of the show. Special thanks to Scott Holmes Music for providing the intro song, We Are One. RV Out West can be found on Instagram and Facebook where you can interact with us and follow along on our RV adventures around the Pacific Northwest. So get out there, explore, and go see what's beyond the horizon.